Praise ye the Lord. You come to receive today? Hey, I want to give an announcement real quick. Just remind you that uh, Reverend Scott Webb's going to be with us this coming Sunday, him and Phyllis, and this is going to be uh, a good time. Praise God. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed. Amen. You will leave here different. Praise the Lord. And that's the first time having them here. It's the first time for them, I, I believe, even being in Oregon. And uh, so we're going to give them a good word of victory, warm welcome, praise God, this Sunday, praise God. So come one, come all, bring a friend, praise God, encourage somebody to come, hallelujah. Let's fill the house up with good hungry folks, praise God, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. God is good, yeah. hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 3. You know, you think after, you know, whatever it's been now, seven, eight months of working through this, we'd, we'd, we'd have her all down, but you know, it seems like the more you get into it, the more you find, amen. And we're talking about restoration, restoration of all things, amen. And if all things ain't restored, then I guess we've got to keep going, amen, amen, hallelujah. Uh, Acts 3 and verse 19, we'll just kind of read these opening texts here and then we'll kind of move into what we got today, but it says, repent therefore and be converted. And of course, in context, talking to them about making a decision for Jesus, but how many know repentance is a pretty key thing? Uh, especially when you start talking about restoration, um, you know, because all it means is really a a new change, a a change of thought or a change of of heart. Amen. It means, actually it means to stop, turn, and go the other direction. That's really what it means. You know, a lot of times you hear the word repentance, uh, you know, repent or repentance, you you automatically think of something real bad, you know, and uh, I think Trudy even made a comment uh, in one of her uh, sermons this last few weeks here uh, that it's, it's repentance, not penance. Are you hearing me? So repentance just means stop, turn, and let's go the right way. Amen. It's that simple. Amen. And so anytime you stop and you turn and you go the right way, it says times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Anytime you make a turn toward God, guess what? You open yourself up for times of refreshing. Amen. Literally means a a, a fresh breath. Amen. Just means to revitalize. Amen. Verse 20, please. Amen. And he... Uh, pardon me, that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, verse 21, here we go, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. Everybody say times of restoration. Hallelujah. Whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began, praise God. Of course, uh, the word restoration here means restitution or the return of, uh, the returning or the making good of all things it means to restore. A lot of a uh, lot of synonyms, and these are ones that have uh, come up throughout the course of the weeks of studying this. Uh, we see it all through Scripture. Uh, synonyms like renew, redeem, replace, recover, return, uh, repair, to revive. Amen. A revival, right? To resurrect. Amen. Recovery. Amen. These are all key words. When we're talking about restoration, praise God, amen. And so we have taken, you know, pretty much uh, every Wednesday that we're up here ministering, you know, last week, uh, last few weeks, Trudy uh, came at us, talked about, uh, you know, about submission to God and, and uh, resistance of the enemy, praise God, and where that fits into all this. Hasn't that, wasn't that good? That was a powerful few weeks she did, and I'm hoping she gets back up here and does a few more of those, amen. So that was pretty powerful. But we have been coming at you every week, coming at it from a different angle. We've talked about restoring of things uh, in our lives, uh, restoration of, of things in the house of God, restoration of, of uh, you know, not even just things in your own life, but being a part of bringing restoration in the lives of other people. We spent a few weeks talking about that. Uh, tonight, I'm going to talk about a key individual. Um, his name is Nehemiah, and we're going to talk about uh, this, this gentleman who had a passion Uh, to see something restored. Amen. And we're going to just glean what we can. It's going to be a little bit different one tonight. I've got a lot of reading to do tonight, but it's all of us just kind of showing you the life and gleaning what we can off his life. Amen. And so if we will, let's go to the book of Nehemiah. Amen. The book of Nehemiah. And really, Nehemiah, a lot like, um, I think it was, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple months back now, we talked some things about David and uh, about his you know, the reason that one of the reasons that he was a man after God's own heart was his willingness to impact 
his own generation. Are you hearing me? To bring restoration, to bring healing and wholeness into his own, restor- or into his own generation, praise God. Well, Nehemiah, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, has the same things going on, praise God. A man used by God, amen, hallelujah. Are you with me? Nobody can find Nehemiah? Okay. Uh, it's after Ezra, amen, hallelujah. Yeah, you go to Psalms and back up a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, if you're there, say amen, and I'll wait a while. <laughs> but once we get to Nehemiah, it'll be pretty easy the rest of the night. All right, so once you, once you get to Nehemiah, it's going to be easy for you, easy sailing for you, all right? All right, because we'll just kind of hang out here. All right, are you with me? All right, praise God. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah 1, and let's start with verse 1, and it says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of of Hakaliah, or something like that. Let's see, Hakaliah, I think something like that. I think it's how it's pronounced, and I'm sure I butchered it. But anyway, uh, but it came to pass in the month of uh, uh, Kisle, uh, in the 20th year, as I was uh, Sushan, the citadel or the palace, okay, uh, that Hananiah, okay, this was one of his brethren, okay, one of my brethren came. Uh, with men from Judah, you think I should have just started, uh, you know, missed all those verses. But anyway, uh, anyway, the point is, is uh, Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the Lord, or probably for the king uh, there, and uh, he's actually a slave, you know, was brought in, um, and uh, here he is serving, uh, you know, basically at a pretty high level, you know, he's serving the king, and uh, you know, at this time, you know, what's going on is um, a lot of stuffs happening, you know, he's uh, his home country and his home city, amen, Jerusalem, is having some problems, and uh, uh, for it has been that way for a lot of years, okay, and uh, all tore up and beat down, and, and so what's happening now is he's, he's gotten connected with uh, some of his brethren uh, from back there, and it says, they came uh, with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and who got out of there, uh, you know, from captivity, who had survived the captivity and, uh, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. In other words, your people ain't doing so good. And the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Now, that's, it's not good news, all right? And uh, I don't know, you know, you know, would we have that, you know, would that affect us as much? I, I would think, you know, your, your hometown is, is, you know, being, you know, destroyed. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, you don't know who's alive, who's still with you, who's around, what's going on. I mean, you can imagine all the stuff that's going on here, uh, at least emotionally. And verse 4, it says, And so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept. So obviously this was his reaction. Everybody say reaction. And, you know, so, you know, when you hear news like this, what kind of reaction do you have, you know? And I, I'm saying that for a reason, because uh, something begins to happen on the inside of him. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before uh, the God of heaven. And so, you know, this, this was his response to seeing something really uh, you know, because in context, what we're dealing with here is Jerusalem is in dire need of restoration. And, uh, and so I want, I want tonight for us to kind of, you know, glean what we can out of this because uh, whether we're talking about things needing restored in our own lives or whether uh, we're seeing things that need restored around us or in the lives of other people, uh, you know, I, I guess my question would be, first off, you know, would, is this the kind of response, you know, the kind of reaction that, that comes in your life, or is it like, ah, whatever? You know, God wants to restore things. And he want, the Word says that he wants, there's times of restoration of all things, and so I'm going to tap into the all things. So that means there's going to be things that I'm going to, you know, see around me that, are needing restored. Am I just going to ignore that? Am I going to say, well, to each his own, whatever happens, happens? 
Uh, you know, I got my own problems, dude. You know, or is it something that stirs in you? And so hopefully it's something, you know, hopefully there's, there's a reaction on the inside that, that somehow when you see the needs of the people, when you see things that need restored, hopefully, hopefully something happens on the inside that stirs you to make movement. And in this case, spiritual movement, right? And he moved toward God, amen, started seeking God, even fasting, meaning he's looking for an answer. Something's going on in the inside, amen. It's not just, you know, he's not eating, you know, because, you know, he doesn't feel like eating. Come on, somebody. He's fasting just because he don't feel like, you know, uh, partaking. It's, it's he's looking for an answer. Something inside him's jumping. Something on the inside of him, there's a knowing something needs to be done. And so he's willing to say, Lord, am I a part of this? Is there something that I can do or something I need to pray or something I need to, you know, uh, something I need to go do or something? I mean, this is what's going on in him. And so he begins to pray. And so this is his prayer. He said, I pray, verse 5, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you, and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now. Hallelujah. Which I pray before you. Look at this. Uh, Lord, hear me. I'm, here it is. Every, every firing right now is coming after you. Uh, that I'm praying before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins, look at this, of the children of Israel which we have sinned. Uh, now, you notice it's shifting. He's saying, we have sinned. Come on. We have sinned against you. Remember, he's, a, he's been captive himself. He's actually a slave. Are you hearing me? He's not, he's not necessarily serving this group of people just because he moved there and decided he was going to serve. They moved him. Are you hearing me? And yet, you know, this man, even right now, hearing what's going on, you know, in his home, his home city, you know, he's, he's hearing things. And, 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 and so every fire is, is, is moving toward God. Every fire right now is trying to connect with God to get answered. And so he's sitting there talking and he knows. He knows why there was cap. He knows the, the reason behind it all. Because God's people turned their back on God. Are you hearing me? They, they forgot about God. He knows that and he's, he's understanding that. And he says, uh, you know, the, the sin, he's talking about which, which we have sinned against you. And I love this. Both my father's house and I have sinned. What do we see here? It's called a thing called repentance. Come on, there's something happening in him right now. He's been moving toward God and something in him, the recognition of the fact, you know, I, I, I got to take some ownership for some of this. I'm not going to just look at God and be mad. Well, how come you forsook your people? And how can you turn your back on Jerusalem? And, and what's the deal, God? He was more about, he knew what happened. God's people turned their back on him. And all of a sudden, they're exposed to the elements. All of a sudden, the hoopah, the, that covering, hallelujah, the blessing is no longer over them. And, and they're walking exposed to the elements. They're walking exposed to the enemy. And as a result of it, they were ransacked. And it wasn't just they came in and took. He, they came in and stole, killed, and destroyed. They didn't want Jerusalem to ever rise up again. And so what's happening right now in this man, there was a reaction in him when he heard the news. And I think about that. I think about you know, what, what stirs in us when we see things. You know, when you see things going on in your country that you don't like, do you just get mad and start bad-mouthing? Or do you, you see a need to actually move toward God and get answers? Who, what do I need to pray? What do, I need to, what do I need to tie my faith in with somebody else and, and get answers and get solutions here? Let's get this thing turned around. Let's not yield to this mess. Amen. Let's not just accept it and then, and then let it overtake us and let it keep taking. Amen. And so this man not only was moved, by what, what had happened, what he had heard. But the man is also, amen, willing to say, God, you know, 
I take some ownership of this. I own part of this. I've been just as guilty. Are you still with me? Everybody say repentance. Remember, it's not penance. We're talking about repentance. Stop. Turn. Let's head the other direction now. Amen. Are you still with me? I just, I just think it's, you know, I think about how many times, you know, uh, what stirs in us? Is there any part of us that we, you know, we take some ownership of some things? And again, I'm not trying to bring guilt or condemnation on anybody. But I think in all honesty, um, I think we need to own our part. Come on, somebody. And make a difference. Let's get in faith instead of doubt and unbelief. Okay, that's another sermon. But anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, verse 7, praise God. He says, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and the statutes nor the ordinances which you commanded uh, your servant Moses. Remember, I pray. Here we go. It's shifting. Remember, I pray the word uh, that you command your servant Moses, saying, if you are uh, unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me. See, look, he's bringing God to, his remem- bringing God to remembrance. Come on. If you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out uh, to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Amen. You, You see where he's headed with this? Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Oh, Lord, I pray. Come on. This is, this, is, this is what he did, right? This is what he shifted. This was his response. This was his reaction. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. In other words, all those out there that are praying, just like I'm praying, let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy. Talking about himself. Grant me mercy in the sight of this man, uh, for I was the king's cupbearer. In other words, something stern in him. Who is he? He's a cupbearer. He's a slave that became a cupbearer. Okay, a, a, a server, an attendant. One gentleman even wrote a book on, on this gentleman uh, you know, about Nehemiah, and he, he called him the bartender. Just a new look. The guy serving. Uh, drinks to the to the king come on and uh, so the point being is uh, this man that's what he does and so every day he's around the king and I don't know you know you get your own picture I don't know you know I don't know how much communication goes on but as you as you uh, as you read through this and which we will uh, it's a very obvious the king has you know a pretty good relationship with this cupbearer and it's not just, he doesn't just see him as just some slave. Are you hearing me? And so something happened in this man, amen, and as a result of it, God's going to give this man favor. Are you hearing me? This man's going to walk in favor now. What happened? What did he do? Well, first off, there was a reaction. Next, there was, there was repentance. There was a stop, a turning a moving and an owning what needed to own and a repentance of things that were done wrong and, and, and willing to say, whatever I can do, I'll do it. And as a result of it, amen, God gave him favor, praise God. Amen. And so chapter 2 and verse 1, are you still with me? Yeah. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, I don't know, anyway. But when, when, uh, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been, sa- been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad since, you are, uh, since you're not sick? What's it? I can tell something's off. Something's not right. You don't look like yourself today. Are you hearing me? Something, something ain't right today. Uh, th- this, is, this is nothing but sorrow of heart. In other words, he could tell something's bothering you. So I became, uh, so, and he said this, so I became dreadfully afraid. In other words, now I'm going to have to tell him now, here it is, it's the moment. Here it is, all right? And then he said this, I love this. Okay, this was his response uh, to the king. And he said uh, to the king, may the king live forever. In other words, you're blessed, and I want you to stay blessed. But why should my face not be sad when the city 
The place of my father's tomb lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. In other words, that was his response to the king. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, in all honesty, that was, that was pretty gutsy. It's pretty gutsy. And so, you know, you know, my city's been destroyed. Well, the king could have looked at him and said, so? Give me another drink. Right? But obviously, the king had some kind of relation with this guy. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just, you know, kind of going back to this bartender thing when, when I was in the world. I mean, we all confided in our bartender. Whatever. We all confide in our, in, you know, in your, in your hairdresser. You get to talking, they know everything about you and what's going on and how you're feeling at the moment and what's happening here and what's happening there and, you know, come on, what's going on at work and come on, right? I mean, everybody just starts talking and sharing and it may not be any different. The king might do the same thing, you know? Hey, Nehemiah, what's up? Give me, yeah, give me, yeah. What do you want today? Yeah, I'll take that one instead. Give me that, you know? What's going on? I, I, whatever. But all I know is the man looked at him and knew enough about him. And you would think the king would probably never even look at this guy's face. In fact, I think in most cases, they probably came in bowed and low and doing what they did and back, back out. But for some reason, that's not the relationship they had. Obviously, they communicated. Amen. But at the same time, he was, you know, he was very honorable to the king. Amen. And at the same time, little concerned because of how much do I share? What do I really say? You know, do I run the risk of saying too much? Come on, somebody. And, of course, he shares it. And so uh, he has favor. I said he has favor. All right. So uh, let's see. Now, uh, let's, uh, um, let me throw this, go back again. And just, the man saw the need, or heard the need, I should say. He heard the need. He had a reaction because it bothered him. Somebody, right? And he owned what he should have owned. There was repentance. There was, a, there was a change. There was some turn. Come on. And all of a sudden, through all that, you know, he's talking to God now, making a request to God. Amen. What can I do, basically? What can happen here? Can, can your people be restored? If they would turn to you, would you bring restoration? Well, obviously the man that had the burning desire on the inside, the passion to see it happen, God says, yes. Amen. And I think I'll start with you. Amen. I just, when you see this, we're thinking the cupbearer, and then what happens here? Look at this. Verse 4 says this, Then the king said to me, What do you request? Is anybody hearing me? I mean, the king said, okay, talking to his, his cupbearer, what do you request? What would you like? What would you like to see done? What could I do for you? Right? What, what could I do for you? Right? Uh, so what, what do you request? And so I prayed to God of heaven. In other words, he asked a big question there. Okay, so he's thinking, you know, I want to make sure I give him the right answer. Right? So he seeks God about it. And so later, obviously, he talks to the king, and he said, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, he's guarding his word, if your servant has found favor in your sight, okay, I mean, right, he's right, okay, if this, if this, you know, if you're really asking me, you know, what you could do, and if, you know, if this is, you know, really happening, like it seems like it's happening, and I've found favor in your sight because it sure seems that way right now, amen, then here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs. Why? Well, that I might rebuild it. <laughs> okay, uh, you're a cupbearer. 
Now, I don't know what he did before. Maybe when he was in the, you know, maybe when he was, you know, back there before he was taken captive, maybe he was a builder. I don't know. But somehow or another, he worked up the ranks, and he ends up being the, the cupbearer for the number one, right? And uh, obviously, through whatever reasons, probably through being honorable and, and being a man of excellence, kind of reminds me a little bit of like David or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men that were the ten times better spirit. Come on, somebody. Flowed in excellence, and as a result of it, they rise to the top. Come on. They sit underneath the top, you know, the top man, and, and they, you know, they assist and they help, and because they flow in a level of wisdom and, and counsel, and, uh, you know, the Spirit of God's on them, amen, the favor of God's on them, the blessing of God's on them. I mean, that's probably what the deal is, and that's why they rise to the top. And here he is now sharing his heart about what he would like to see happen. And this man isn't just saying, you know, uh, you know send help. Could you just send help? He said, no, send me. I want to go do this. Why? Well, I believe he felt led. I believe that time with God, that time of fasting and prayer, that time, praise God, when he, I believe that's what was stirring in him. What could I do? Amen. And then he began to recognize, praise God, amen, that if I move toward God, I give God my all, maybe God will turn this thing. Amen. Maybe I could be the start. Maybe I could be the, the, the flame to start this thing. Maybe I could be the one, amen, that could shift this thing into a gear. I don't know. All I know is I have a burning on the inside of me that something needs to be done. And bless God, I'd like to be a part of it. Praise the Lord. Anybody else uh, hear me with that? Amen. I think this is the way it needs to burn in us. Amen. And so anyway, obviously, he's asking that he could go. And said, then the king said to me, uh, also I guess the queen must have been there too, so it wasn't just both both the king and queen were there. How long will 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 your journey be? And when will you return? And so it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a a time. So I don't know know what he actually said, what the time was. Amen. Uh, Because the rebuilding, by the time he got there and they started the rebuilding of it, I think it was about, I think it was said, the scripture says it was 52 days to rebuild the wall just to rebuild the wall, and everybody got involved with that, and there was even more than beyond that. We'll see that here in a second. Uh, but so anyway, he said, uh, uh, so obviously he gave him the release to go do it. Furthermore, I said, look at this. I mean, furthermore, everybody say furthermore. furthermore. In other words, I don't just want to go. I'm asking for some favor here in some other areas. <laughs> the cupbearer. Okay, I want to be the one to go, and then um, I'm going to ask something. Um, could you, uh, like, write some letters? Come on, right? Look at this. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, verse 7, let, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they uh, uh, must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. In other words, make sure I want letters, enough letters to get me from here to there that nobody's going to give me any trouble. Okay. And a letter uh, to Asaph, uh, the keeper of the king's forest, I love this, uh, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates. In other words, those gates have been burnt down for the city. I want those things replaced with new timber. Okay. And he says, uh, uh, and, this, and, and, and for the city wall, and, and for the house uh, that I will occupy. <laughs> I love this. And the king granted them to me. And according uh, to the good hand of my God upon me, praise God. So obviously, there was a leading of God. He followed it. The king uh, hooked up, connected, and said yes. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains. I love this. Didn't just send him by. Sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. I mean, I don't know. Remember, this is, this is a cupbearer. Was basically it was just he was a slave, and he has enough favor now. And I believe it all began because a man was moved with compassion, moved, amen, on the inside for what he had heard, and at the same time shifted on the inside to give God his all, amen. Stopped, turned, and moved in the right direction, and God said, "All right, I can work with that." Amen. And I think just that alone, how, I mean, everything that we're reading about here was all things that probably a week or two prior seemed virtually impossible. 
And most of this stuff, would, nobody would even, even for, a, for a minute think that this was possible. And so I think about all the things that come, we come in contact with, the things in our own lives, the things around us, the things in the people's uh, lives that we love, people uh, that we know, and the things that go on that, that, that need restored, and what God could do through us. A cupbearer, a servant, a bartender. And God works through this man, amen, to the, to the level that we're seeing signs and wonders manifesting here. And we, even, we haven't even got to the city yet. Are you still with me? How many, things, how many things could God work through you and me that when we heard something or saw something, that our willingness on the inside to just move toward God, not be taken back by, by you know, what the world has to say about it, but be moved toward God to do our part. Remember, we're the light. We're the salt. We're the difference makers. And it's not just to go around, smile at everybody and say, uh, Jesus loves you. You should do that. But it's not just that, is it? It's about our part. We carry authority. We carry dominion. The greater one's on the inside of us. We got the Holy Ghost on the inside. We got the Word of God at our disposal, the Spirit of God at our disposal, all of heaven's resources at our disposal. Do we get moved like this? Do we get driven to, you know, to, to move into God deeper? Amen. To own our part, amen. To hear God on what our part should be from here on, amen. Do we do that? Or do we just kind of blow it off? Are you with me? You just say, well, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, I got enough, enough stuff to deal with in my own life. Well, I'm sure you got some things to, going on in your life. We all do. We got a lot of things happening here and there. We all got families, jobs. We all got things going on. But you know something? God is in the business of restoring. One sign, one wonder, amen, what could happen? could change a church, it could change a family, it could change a business, it could change a state. Come on, somebody. It could change a nation. Are you still with me? Amen. This one man, amen, this one man with a passion to see something happen, a passion to see something restored, one man, amen, and all that happens in the next couple, you know, next few months is pretty phenomenal. Because a one man had a passion to let God be God here, and let's do something. Amen? Amen. And so uh, he went on, to, you know, and the, the king sent all his help with him. And uh, so when uh, Sanballat and uh, the, the Horonite and, and Tobiah, which no reason we're reading these guys because they, they're stinkers. And, uh, but anyway, when they heard about it, they were deeply disturbed that, uh, you know, that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. No reason, because they were, they were basically abusers. Come on, somebody. And they just kept taking from these people. Even though they were down, they were kicking them when they were down, and, and they were just leaders that weren't, weren't good leaders. Are you hearing me? And it says, so I came to Jerusalem. Are you in verse 11? So I came uh, to Jerusalem and was there three days, and then I arose in the night, and uh, I and a few other men with me, I told no one uh, what my God had, had put in my heart uh, to do at Jerusalem. I, I kind of like this because the man obviously um, was pretty wise. Are you hearing me? He, was, he got in there. He, he wanted to scope out what's going on before he decided who he's going to talk to. He didn't just tell everybody everything. Uh, there's just some wisdom here of this guy. And I think, I think it was just God-led in what he did. Um, he said, um, so anyway, he didn't, uh, let's see, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, uh, nor was there uh, uh, any uh, animal with me except the one on which I rode. In other words, I just, it was just me and my, my horse or me and my donkey, whatever. And in other words, so not trying to draw a lot of attention to myself here. And I went out by night through the valley gate uh, to the serpent well um, and uh, the refuge gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were burned with fire. And as I saw them for myself now. And then I went uh, on uh, to the fountain gate, 
and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. In other words, obviously everything was tore down, busted down. Everything was is in disarray. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall, and I was taking a look from a different perspective, trying to get, get my bearings here. And then I turned back and entered uh, by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. In other words, they're wondering what this guy's all about. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others uh, who did the work. Uh, then I said to them, finally, you see the distress that we are, uh, that we are in, how Jerusalem lie, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. So here it is. Come and let us build the wall. Let's build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the, of the, of the hand of my God, which had been uh, uh, good upon me, obviously, everything had just happened, and also of the king's words. I mean, I even got the word of the king on this one. Amen. And what he had spoke to me. And so they said, obviously, it was a, a pretty good pep talk. Hello? Let us rise. Let us rise up and build. Amen. And then uh, they set their hands to do this good work. Amen. So in other words, he, amen, he said, let's do this. And they said, all right, let's do this. Amen. So obviously, you know, uh, you, know you think about it, uh, not only uh, you know, was there a stirring in him, there was obviously an anointing in him that when he spoke to them that this job can be done, you got some resources coming your way, we, got, we can get this job done. So all it took was somebody to say, we can do this. Hey, ho, move it forward. And everybody said, all right, hey, round them up, let's go, hey. That's all it took. Come on, somebody. Now, you know, how many years had this already been tore down, messed up? Come on, somebody. And really what had happened is these people had already lost their self-worth, already lost their dignity. Their city ain't a city no more. Everything's destroyed. Are you still with me? And it took one man Amen. With a passion, one man with a calling, one man with a drive, one man, praise God, with an anointing, one man, amen, with a heart to get her done. And he got in this thing, and it started, it started a, a, a chain reaction of events, praise God, amen, and brought a difference to this pity, or to this city, praise God. This man not only, not, this man came uh, to, to restore a wall and to restore its gates. But before it's over with, this man's, Restoring their lives, restoring their families. Come on, somebody. Restoring their callings, restoring their dignity. Amen. Restoring their passion for God, restoring the house of God. This man didn't stop with the walls. This man didn't stop with the gates. Amen. And I believe that's the same thing in our own lives. If we will just move forward with some compassion, move forward with some passion, move forward with some drive, move forward, praise God, with a knowing that we can do this, praise God. I guarantee you, whatever you get involved in, whatever you begin to restore, God will just keep opening the door for more, praise God. And we'll have one sign after another sign, after another wonder, after another wonder, and God will show himself strong. Amen. Give him praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Of course, you know, not everybody's on top of it, right? Not everybody likes it, right? Not everybody will. Everybody always thinks, you know, there's always somebody that wants to rain on your parade. Huh? Are you hearing me? And this San, uh, San Ballad and this Tobiah, these guys were, you know, they messing with them and uh, laughing at them and saying it ain't never going to happen. But they started doing it. Chapter 3, I'm not going to read chapter 3, hallelujah, but we see the restoring of the walls begin, and they're starting, they take each person, they kind of start grouping, and some take this part, some take this part, and everybody's getting involved. I said everybody's getting involved, amen, and they start to restore, amen. So uh, uh, let's go to uh, chapter 4, and so it happened when this Sanballat heard uh, that, that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious. I mean, no longer was mocking him. Now he's mad because it's happening. Are you still hearing me? You think, well, why would this guy be so down on all this? But it just comes down to the fact that he was taking advantage of these people. These were leaders that just took advantage of, of them being down and out. 
and just kept kicking them because they were down and just taking advantage of them. And so you see that, that, that in the course of this thing, you see, you see outside opposition. You know, there's outside opposition, but there's internal uh, uh, oppression that's going on. So Jerusalem's getting it from both sides. So, you know, they're being attacked from out here. They're being attacked on the inside because of, of miserable leaders. Are you still with me? And, and, and so everything about them, it just looks like a lost cause. And it just took one man. It just took one man to come in there with a passion and a drive, and somehow it was enough, praise God. Now, granted, he was God-led. Amen. And, uh, but I'm just thinking about you know, what's happening. And so this, these, these, these guys are recognizing that the work's being done. And so now it's not they're, they're mocking it. Now they're mad. They're indignant. And they begin to mock the Jews. And it says, uh, let's see, I want to go to um, let's see, verse 2 here. And he spoke uh, before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, uh, what are these feeble Jews doing? Uh, will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifice? In other words, are they coming back to where they were? Will they come uh, completed in a day? You know, they're, they, you know they're, what, I mean, what kind of questions are being asked now? Because they're seeing something happen here, and there's no stopping it. Uh, will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now, Tobiah, uh, the Ammonite, was beside him, and he said, uh, whatever they, they build, if even a fox goes up uh, on it, it it'll, break, it'll break it down. It'll cause it to break down. And so I, he's still mocking them here. In verse 4, Hear, O God, uh, for we are despised. So this is uh, 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 Nehemiah here. Uh, Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover uh, their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. Uh, so in other words, you know, let, get, let what's coming to them come to them. You know what I mean? And he says, uh, for, you have, uh, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. So now it's all connected and they got it halfway up. And it said, why? Because the people had a mind to work. I love that. Amen. And now it happened, okay, here, here come all the, you know, they're coming in now, uh, they're, they're upset, the, you know, Sanballat, uh, Tobiah, uh, the Arabs, uh, uh, Ammonites, a whole bunch of otherites, right, heard that the walls were being restored and the gaps had been closed in, and they began to become angry, all of them did, and all of them conspired together to come to attack Jerusalem and create some kind of confusion. Isn't that what the enemy tries to do? You think about this, and I think the necessary thing of reading this for me today is talking about the fact that just because you made a decision to see restoration happen, don't mean there ain't going to be opposition. I mean, if you think for one second the enemy's just going to instantly just, you know, leave you alone, no, that's why you've got to keep resisting. What was that statement true to use? You know, I think she even said it every week, that the quality of your life is based on you know, your level of submission to God and your resistance to the enemy. Come on, somebody. And that never changes. So even in these times when you know you're led by God and you're moving forward in God, you're even anointed of God and you're seeing results and you're seeing things happen, don't think for one second that the enemy ain't going to still come in there and try to mess with your day. Come on, somebody, right? And their whole idea, they said it, and really to me that's exactly what the enemy does, trying to just bring confusion to get you to second-guess yourself, to start thinking, well, was it really worth it? Is it worth it? Should we continue? Is it just a waste of time? Is this really going to happen like we think it's going to happen? Or do we just got our hopes up for no reason? Come on, somebody. All these things that, that they're trying to, to bring some kind of confusion in here. That's their, per, that's their point anyway. All right, so uh, verse uh, 9 says, Nevertheless, we, we made our prayer uh, to our God. In other words, we moved toward God. We looked to God. Amen? And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Amen? In other words, we're not even just building now. Amen? We're getting ready. If we've got to do warfare, we're going to do that too. 
And Judah said, the strength of the laborers is, is, is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they will neither uh, know nor see anything till we come. In, in other words, they're just trying to intimidate them, all right, to come into the midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. In other words, you don't know. That's what the enemy said. You don't know where we're going to come. All it is is, uh, you know, terrorism. It's just terrorism. You don't know when we're going to come. We're going to come. We're going to, we're going to take it all. We're going, to, we're going to destroy you. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill your family. We're going to do this. We're going to take that. We're going to take this. We're going to beat them down even worse than they were. And you don't even know when we're going to come. And it, most people, because of what they've been through, what the miracle, one of the miracles uh, of that is the fact because of all that they've been through, they still stayed connected. Amen. Hello. Still ca- stayed connected to the vision of that man. Amen. And stayed connected to their God. And they didn't let it get to them. They kept building, right? Are you still with me? Am I boring you tonight? All right. So uh, let's see, where are we at? We're down to about verse, what, 12? So it was uh, then that the Jews who dwelt near uh, them came, and they told us ten times, okay? They kept coming and saying the same thing. Uh, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. In other words, just, they just kept trying to intimidate everybody. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall, at the openings. And I set the people according to, their, uh, according to their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. Here we go, another pep talk. And I looked and I arose, amen, come on, and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. And so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held, held the spears and the shields and the bows and wore armor. And the, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. In other words, everybody's getting hooked up here. Those who built on the wall and those who carried uh, burdens and there was kept everything coming, loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. In other words, we ain't stopping nothing. Let's get her done. The higher we get this wall, the better off we'll be. Amen? And if they come at us, well then, fine. We know what we'll do then, too. Amen? They ain't backing down. I love this. They ain't backing down. One man! One man had a passion. One man heard from heaven. One man moved out in God. One man turned to God. One man owned his part, amen, and sought God concerning the rest of it. One man who was nothing but a bartender. One man was moved and followed God, and as a result of it, praise God, amen, Miracles began to happen. Restoration began to happen. And it wasn't just the walls being restored. These people's dignity was being restored. These people's self-worth was being restored. Are you still with me? Amen. Sometimes I think about stuff like that. Sometimes just the things that you can do. Sometimes you think, well, all I did was you know, help them do this. You don't, you don't even realize what it did for, for them as an individual. You don't know what it did for them mentally. You don't know what it did for their spirit. You don't know what it did for their emotions. or their, uh, You don't know what kind of self-worth it brought back to them. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes just by moving forward and being willing, amen, to be a difference maker, to be that light, to be that salt, praise God, to be the one, praise God, hallelujah, that will bring restoration anywhere he can, hallelujah. You never know the full picture. So, amen, these people are rising, praise God, amen. Are you bored? All right. All right, where are we at? Verse uh, verse 18, every one of the builders uh, had its uh, sword girded uh, at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Amen. In other words, they're ready. Something happened, we're just blowing a trumpet, baby. Amen. They're ready. 
And then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, praise God, the work is great and extensive, and we are uh, separated far from one another on the wall. In other words, there's, there's, there's just not really a, a lot of us here, but we just keep on doing it. Praise God, we'll get her done. Amen. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, amen, our God will fight for us. Amen. And so we labored in the work, and, and half the men held the spears from day daybreak until the stars appeared. I mean, man, we're working day and night. We're going to make this same hallelujah work we're going to see it done we're going to see it finished oh hallelujah and at the same time i also said to the people let each man and his servant stay at night in jerusalem amen that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day so neither i my brethren my servants and there was everybody that came with me even amen nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes except that everyone took them off for washing in other words man we just kept on keeping on Come on, praise God. Are you still with me? Now, chapter 6 and uh, I think verse 15 says that, uh, I think that's where it says it. It says that the wall was finished um, on the, on the uh, 25th day of Elul. And I think that just means it's the, it's the sixth, the Jewish sixth, sixth month, I think is what it is. And, uh, and it said it was done in 52 days. 52 days. And of course, it says in this thing that when it happened, then all the, verse 16 says that when all, uh, when all our enemies heard of it, uh, all the nations around us saw these things. Look at me, everybody say all nations. It says that they were very, dis- now it ain't no, no longer now they're mocking, making fun, being angry. Now they're disheartened. Huh. In their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. It was recognized. It was a God thing. Are you hearing me? I mean, even, I mean, I mean, it's just, I remind like when the children of Israel crossed uh, the sea heading into the promised land and they, the cities were, were terrified. I said they were terrified because these people were coming. It was obvious God was with them. I mean, just that alone, it was obvious God was with them. Amen. Well, anyway, I just I thought if we backed up to verse chapter five, though, I want to look at a couple things, um, and uh, kind of made mention of it, but I thought maybe it's worthy of reading some of this. Uh, chapter five, verse one it says there, uh, and there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against the Jewish brethren. We're talking about these these bad leaders, right? These ones that were basically taking advantage of them. It says, for uh, there were those who said, uh, we, we are sons and our daughters are many. Uh, therefore, let us uh, get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, we have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses uh, that we might buy grain uh, because of the famine. And uh, there were also those who said, uh, we have borrowed money uh, for the, the king's tax on our land and vineyards and Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children are as uh, their children. In other words, in other words we, we're, we're slaves to them all now. The bottom line we're trying to say here is this. We've lost everything. In other words, the, the, these, they're all waking up. They're saying, well, we're getting the, we're getting the walls built, get the gates fixed. Um, hey, let's get some other things fixed while we're doing this. Um, I want my land back. I'm tired of paying taxes. This guy that's just taking stuff from us and takes our land and takes this and takes that and they steal this from us and take that from us. We want that back too. I like this. And the point being is, uh, why not? Why not? I mean, you know, why, it says I want restoration of all things. Why not? Why am I just going to settle for a couple things being restored when I can have it all restored? When it can all be turned around. When I can have God in the middle of all of it. Amen. If there's blessing to have, to be had, bless God, I'm taking it. If there's, if there's, if there's something that can be fixed, and bless God, I'm having that too. If something can be restored, I want that too. If this thing can be uh, you know, done right, I want that done right too. There's nothing, there's nothing holding them back. I think there's something happened to them. They've got, I mean, this, they're, they're rising up in who they are, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're addressing 
They're addressing Nehemiah. They said, you know why I got your attention? I'm glad what you're doing here. But uh, let's get a few other things fixed while you're here. Amen? Well, anyway. So, anyway. Um, so, let's see. Would it be up around, oh, I think like, uh, let's see. Is it not, uh, let's see, I'm in five. Is it not our power to redeem them? Uh, for other men have lands, vineyards. Verse 6. Uh, and I became very angry. This is Nehemiah talking. When I heard their outcry in these words. In other words, I mean, come on. They just, they're still working on the walls. Everybody, you know, got a sword in one hand, laying bricks in the other hand. Come on, somebody. And now the ladies, you know, saying, well, uh, honey, um, I know you're working hard, but um, let's let this man know about what's happened with his other stuff. Let's get him settled. Amen. I want my house back. Amen. I'd like to go grow a garden again. Come on. I'd like to eat, actually eat the fruit off my vineyards. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? I mean, I'd like, to, I'd, like to have, you know, I'd like to be a partaker of what's mine instead of giving it all to somebody else. And uh, so he, he obviously gives them ear, and it, it angered him. And, and here we go, the same thing again. We have, we have, uh, we have a re- reaction. And there's, there's some changing going on here and verse let's get down here let's see if we can come down to like verse uh verse 11 maybe restore now to them he knows he addressed these people that have been doing this to him he said restore now to them even this day their lands this day we 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 ain't going through no process or nothing we who cares about any kind of signing any of this or do i I we ain't going through no court system we're just going right here is the deal that's their land give it back now Hmm. Their vineyards, their olive groves, their houses, also a hundredth of the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You own. Uh, and the grain and the new wine and the oil uh, that you have charged them. And so they said, we will restore it. Amen. That's good. Yeah, good. Smart people. Amen. And we'll require nothing from them. Uh, we will do, do as you say. And then I called the priests. And, you know, this, this is make sure it's done right before the men of God here. And required an oath. <laughs> Required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. In other words, you're not just going to say, tell me. You're going to say it in front of presence from other people here. Get her done. All right. All right, good. And this is what's going to happen. If I find out it don't happen, we're going to have a talk. Right? Anyway, I mean, I'm just saying, these, these are the kind of things that started happening. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's go, uh, maybe, let's see, a few more minutes, maybe, just to look at a couple. How about chapter 8? Let's look at something in 8. Um, uh, what's going on here, uh, chapter 8, we see a, a, re- a restoration of, uh, of a passion for God. People had a restoration of, of a, like a revival going on. And it started, amen, with bringing the Word of God, amen. So uh, uh, verse, chapter 1, verse uh, chapter 8, verse 1, there we go. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square, uh, that was in, in, in front of the water gate. And uh, they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. I should have had somebody else do all the reading today, shouldn't I? But anyway, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assemblies of the men and women who all uh, could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Let's skip down here to uh, <laughs> verse 5. Ezra opened the book. In other words, so he's bringing the word. The priest is bringing the word out. Amen. They're all meeting in the center of the city, and he's opening up the Word of God. Amen. And starting to preach the Word. Come on, somebody. This is how we live. All right? All this is being restored. See, it didn't stop. Everything just started happening. I think about, think about just times with stuff being restored and what it can start doing in the lives of people. All of a sudden, they're turning to God. Because a need got met, all of a sudden now they're all they're starting to turn toward God. And the word it was pretty pretty cool. They I mean they he they minister the word. There's a there's a reaction in that. There's some repentance that goes on. If you go down to oh let's see uh, chapter nine verse one it says and on the seventh or twenty fourth day of this month the children of Israel were assembled with fa- now they're all doing it with fasting and sackcloth in other words there's repentance going on with dust on their heads in other words we're changing our lives we're turning this thing enough of that old life we want the new life amen 
And those of the Israelite lineage separated uh, themselves from all the foreigners, and they stood, uh, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their. Did the same thing that same thing happen and happening to them now that happened in Nehemiah? Same thing. And so now it's all happening to them. One man comes in there, and and everything starts shifting. Natural things start being restored, one thing after another. There, there's the walls, the gates, uh, the, the lands, the properties, their dignity, uh, houses. In fact, I don't even know if I got to that verse or not. Uh, but, I mean, even their houses and their families, they go through a whole thing about bringing out, finding out the lineage. Let's restore families. Let's bring all the families back together. Let's give them back their houses. Let's restore their houses. This boy just went to go rebuild a wall. (laughs) And God just gets in the middle of it. And, I mean, the whole city's being restored. Every fiber of it's being restored. I just, I don't know, just when I just think about one man, look at one man being driven by God, doing God, following God, amen, turning to God, and just, just walking with God, and one man can make a difference. And he stirred this in the lives of others. And now the very same thing's happening in all the rest of the people. Amen. Verse 3 of chapter 9 says, And they stood up in their place and read. Now they, look at They stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God uh, for one-fourth of the day. <laughs> now that's revival, baby, right there. One-fourth of the day, we're given God's word. Amen. And another fourth, they confessed and worshiped the Lord your God. In other words, half the day gone by, and all we did was got in the Word and worshiped God. That, I, I think you call that revival. Everybody say restoration. Isn't this good? Uh, how about chapter 13? See, we could have read the whole book. Let's go to like... Uh, Verse 11, what's happening here is uh, Nehemiah, by this time now, Nehemiah had went back, came back, and found out that there's a bunch of, bunch of messing around going on. The leaders in the house of God, come on somebody, they weren't holding true, come on. And so he puts an end to it. So I, I thought this worthy, see, even the house of God's being restored. We're putting everything back in order. If we don't get this one in order, it ain't going to be long. It's going to be back where it was. So he said, I considered with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them uh, in their place. And uh, the, then all of Judah brought uh, the tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the storehouse. And I pointed as treasures over the storehouse, a whole bunch of guys, okay. And then they made sure everything got handled. These faithful men who did their task to distribute to the brethren. Amen. Verse 14, remember me, O my God, concerning this. This was Nehemiah talking. And do not wipe out my good deeds uh, that I have done for the house of my God and for its servants, for its services. Amen. In other words, Lord, I pray this never changes. I pray that what we did here, amen, is going to last. Amen. And keep on keeping on, praise God. Amen. And so one man with a passion and a drive, one man of hearing something that it moved him to the point he recognized something needs to be done. Amen. Moved toward God to the place that he recognized where, you know, what's my place in this? Not just passing it on for somebody. Somebody else should take care of that. Come on, somebody. Is anybody hearing me? A lot of times it happens, you know, being pastor, you know, you get a lot of times that people call you and, uh, you know, it doesn't happen a lot anymore because I've probably talked about it enough. Uh, but, uh, but it used to be pretty, pretty, pretty common. Uh, they'd call and they'd say, Pastor, you need to go handle this. Or, Pastor, you need to go take care of this. Or, Pastor, you need to go handle that person over there, deal with that thing that's going on in their life. And I'm thinking, it's obviously on your heart. You know, I'm not saying if I have a part to play in this, I'll do it, but obviously it's on your heart. So you have just as much authority and dominion and, and God in you as I got in me. Come on, somebody. You know, don't just wait for me to go do all this. Move toward it, amen, and bring change. Help somebody, amen. Bring restoration, and you might be amazed at what what transpires out of it. This particular case, it turned into a full-blown revival. The whole city was restored, amen. 
which affected the nation. Anyway, that's another sermon. But praise the Lord. God's good, huh? Did you get some today? Praise the Lord. Go ahead and stand up. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, once again, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for ears that heard, hearts that received. Thank you again, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us insight. Hallelujah. Maybe giving us a fresh vision for these kind of things. Use us. Hallelujah. Use us in some capacity to make a, a difference in the lives of others, other individuals or other families or hallelujah. Something with the church or with other uh, ministries or whatever, Lord, just I just thank you and praise you, hallelujah, that you are going to use this people in a glorious way to make a difference on planet Earth. And Father, I give you all honor and all thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah.